Hi there, Richard Tubb here, and I'm back again with another interview. I am thrilled to be joined today by JB Fowler, who is the product manager at DeMotts. JB, how are you doing? I am very good, Richard. How are you doing? Not so bad. It's a little bit cold in Newcastle upon time where I'm recording from today, but you're joining us. You should be familiar with that. You're joining us oh, from yeah. Utah. Utah. It's very, it's very cold here uh, this week. That's for sure. It's, it's been quite chilly the last, uh, actually several weeks, I'd say. Yeah. So it's interesting. Normally I do these interviews and I'm speaking to somebody who's in like Florida or I did one with somebody in Hawaii and it's like, I'm a little bit jealous, but I know that you will get the weather that we've got here in Newcastle upon Tyne. So I totally get what you guys are, are going through. Yeah. You're probably a little more humid than we are, but yes, I understand it. <laughs> so for, for anybody who's not familiar with Domots, um, you know, we've done a video uh, demo of the product before, but for anybody not familiar with the product as a whole, how would you describe it to people? I think if you're not familiar with it, the best way to describe this is that we're a cloud-based software as a service. We are a network monitoring solution. So we're out monitoring all the network infrastructure devices. And really more importantly, we're looking at all of the, the network-based systems and devices that are out on that network and making sure that they're running properly, running the way you expect. We're looking at network performance of those devices and frankly, giving you alerts. I mean, the idea behind our tool is to help you uh, run your business more efficiently and proactively monitor these devices. Uh, in the end, we want you to look like a hero for your customers. So we're a tool for you as a service provider. Yeah, and you work with uh, managed service providers, IT solution providers. Um, but is that a fairly new thing for you? Because you've, you've had a product that's been in the, uh, the Internet of Things space for a little while now. You know, I think that this market for us, this spe specific market is fairly new, um, but it, there's no doubt in my mind that it's the right market for us to be in. Yeah. We, um, you know, all businesses kind of start out in a, in a funny way and, and often they don't go in the direction that you expect. When we, when we first started Domotes, which was back in 2015, we were really looking for how can we make it easier for people to understand all these different you know, I'm going to say, quote unquote, IOT devices that are on the network, the Internet of Things, right? Everything was getting network connected. So how could you better understand what those devices were on your network and and really how were they affecting your network? We were seeing more and more systems, um, even in the residential space at the time, right, getting connected to your home networks and frankly, just bogging down the network and people weren't understanding why. So they'd go out and buy a new router. It would fix it for a little bit and then it would die, right? And, and it just wouldn't work the way they'd expected. So ultimately what we were looking for is how can we take these complex enterprise tools and really simplify it for the non-networking expert? And that led us into, that really led us into um, a couple different spaces. Uh, one of which was what they call residential integrators or the CDO market. We went into the commercial markets for people that were doing uh, digital signage and unified communications. And ultimately what we found is that, you know, a lot of these um, IT providers and these service providers that are dealing with networks, their businesses are now starting to get inundated with um, network devices, right? It's not just PCs and laptops anymore. It, it is unified communications. It's 
even thing like thermostats, right? Whether it's a Nest thermostat or some other type of HVAC system in the building for the building management, it was getting attached to these networks and they needed to understand what was going on there. So that's really how we kind of migrated over the last three to five years into this space. And it's a, it's a great space to be in. Yeah. Um, you and I, just before we came on air, we were just saying about, you know, I'm at home in Newcastle. You're in the office there in Utah. We're looking forward to getting out on the road again and actually meeting people and yeah. shaking hands and that. So difficult times. But obviously, you know, the tool has come along uh, a period in time where the the focus you talked about residential, you talked about IIT, but the focus now on the home office and all of the devices that are in uh, the home as well as the office, you know, the lines are getting yeah. blurred between the two. So how have you found it as a company, you know, to, to go through the COVID-19 situation and to see this explosion of devices that, that are being used in the office, in the home, and in some cases in the same, <laughs> in the same yeah. local? You know, I think I think the this transition that has occurred um, happened so fast that that a lot of IT departments, a lot of uh, service providers, they they didn't know how to react fast enough. The real concern was all of a sudden you were sending employees home. Most of them had laptops that they could take home, but all of a sudden, if the home network wasn't secure all of a sudden you were putting potential holes into your business network. And I think that's, that actually scared a lot of businesses. It's it worried a lot of service providers and even uh, commercial integrators, right? Guys that are, that, that were um, sending their employees home, but having to work on their clients' networks, there, there were just these multifaceted holes that were being plugged. And, you know, hackers don't quit, right? Hackers, cybersecurity people are always looking for, okay, what are new opportunities? And this was a gold mine for them. And I think, I think for a company like us uh, as Domotes, we provided a nice, easy, clean solution that would allow service providers or, or integrators in general to put um, an agent at their employees' homes or, or their clients' homes to be able to monitor what's going on there and make sure there's not any weird or strange activity. Um, it's also about making sure that the performance, right? The connectivity from the home to the, the office or to the servers that, that, that they needed access to were um, performing as expected. Yeah. So that this was, you know, with all, with all challenges come opportunities and Everybody believes that 2020 has been a challenge, but there's been a lot of really good opportunities that have come from it as well. Yeah, I think if anything, it's highlighted uh, the weaknesses in the managed service market, but it's also highlighted a ton of opportunities. And oh, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I think I think there's more opportunities here than what people realize. And the one thing in life that's inevitable besides taxes is change. Um, death taxes and now change. So <laughs> the, uh, the opportunity here for, for integrators is just huge, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to dive into the, uh, the technical side of things and where the opportunities yeah. are for managed service providers. But before we do that, I want to get a bit more background on uh, the company. You know, where did it come from? Who were the founders? How was it creating? What's your role within the business? Tell us a little bit more about the background. So, so the company was founded in around 2015. Ultimately, um, 
the way it the way it kind of came about is our original founder um he he had a nice home he has it uh, automated with some control four gear and he was traveling a lot this during the days when we could travel and his his wife was working at home but he, or, or was at home. And while he was traveling, inevitably something would go wrong on the network. The system would go down, no, the phone no longer connected to the wireless access points. And, you know, he was halfway across the world or he's out in Europe somewhere. And it was just frustrating to him. And so he started looking at the different tools that were out there that would enable him to gain better access, something different than just a, opening up a VPN connection into the home, but that could actually proactively alert when the network went down or when a particular device went down. Um, all of the systems that were out there, all the solutions that were out there were either way too expensive or they were way too complex and it was just gonna require a lot of time. He was working with um, a software company at the time that was helping him with his business. And he was talking to our other founder. So it was Domenico was the main guy. He had Silvio who came in as another founder and they were talking together and, and Silvio started looking at things and said, you know what? I think we could do this differently. I think we can do it better. I also think that the world is on the move, right? These mobile applications. So let's find a way that we can do it mobile first. And that's what they did. Um, they gathered a, a team. There was a small team based out of Pisa, Italy, that uh, there's a nice, there's a very, very um, good engineering computer science type school in Pisa, Italy. And uh, Silvio was quite familiar with them. So got a couple of guys, built a team there and started doing some uh, software development from the ground up, you know, building off of, building off of some open source code until they found that the open source code uh, couldn't meet the demand that we were doing. So the guys started just uh, you know, developing their own and it birthed into this product. We ended up taking it to CES or they ended up taking it to CES back in 2016. And it had been in beta and some users had been out there. One of the funny things in this, we, we've talked about this before, but one of the people that came up to the booth at CES, they were down in that little um, uh, like founders pavilion. I can't remember exactly what it's called with the startup pavilion that's below. Yeah, the sand. Is it in the one in the Sands hotel? I think. Yeah. In the Sands. Exactly. Yeah. Down in the basement there. And one of the guys that came up to it ends up being a, a fairly high up individual within Best Buy. Oh. And he says, Oh, I've been in the beta program. I'm glad to see you guys here. Let me go get my boss. He brings over the CEO of Best Buy to to the to our little tiny booth, right? The Fing or the the Domotes booth, Domotes Fing booth, Domotes booth at the time, um, and says, "This is the stuff I've been talking about. This is what we need in order to build out our services." And so, lo and behold, you know, six months later, we we have a contract with Best Buy and we're actually building out their MagCare program in the Magnolia, um, in their Magnolia division, which is kind of their high-end automation. That actually is what launched us into, I would tell you, the Cedia channel, that residential space, because all of a sudden you had this really big customer that was demanding a lot from you. And, and it drove us into that channel. Now you were asking, you were asking about, you know, my background and how I got started. So 
around that same time, I was working for a networking company, a company called Luxel, which also sold networking equipment, routers, switches, wireless access points, more into the home automation space. Um, they did something unique, which was putting ports on the back of the switches so that when you fill out a rack, you don't have wires coming out the front. You know, in the MSP space or in the networking world, the IT departments, they don't care, right? There's a server room. In fact, it's easier if ports are on the front because they can get to it. But when you're dealing with a uh, home automation, it's all about beauty of the rack That's and making sure it looks good, not only from the front, but if you ever look at the back, it better be beautiful as well. <laughs> and your reputation stems on that. So anyway, I was working for, for Luxel. Luxel was really wanting to have a solution that would help them <clears throat> remotely monitor and manage the uh, systems that were being deployed. And we ended up finding Domotes and saying, hey, this would be a really good solution. The price point was right. So we started building a relationship. And then at one point, lots of things happened. I mean, Luxel ended up getting acquired by Legrand. And I was of the mindset of, okay, my career kind of took me down large companies all the way down to startups. And I'm like, you know, I think I can help Domotes. So I joined the team. So that was back in 2016, uh, 2017, I guess, would be the time frame. And it's been a rocket ship ride ever since. That's so. crazy. And I, I think I referred to you earlier as the product manager, which is not giving you uh, your just dues there. So chief product officer, I know you do a lot of other stuff within the business, but what does a typical day look like for you uh, now, JB? So a typical day for me in today's, uh, today's world. So... I do, I work with our sales team quite a bit. So I, I'm really closely tied to not only the, the revenue generation side of Domotes, but also on the, the product management side. Um, I'll always be a product manager at heart, by the way. I, <laughs> so I, I wasn't offending out, you I, calling you a product manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I started out as an electrical engineer. Um, I love engineering. I love electricity. I love hardware and electronics. And my house is just full of toys. I am kind of like kind of like your place there with all these uh, toys and geek stuff. And, and that's that's the way I am. But I I kind of went into marketing and I just like, uh, yeah, I, I just found that I love product management. The, um, the typical day though, you know, when I'm, I'm looking at, um, you know, first of all, what our sales team is doing, what are the things we as a company need to be doing in order to improve our product? Um, my belief is that if we can add the right feature set, that solves the problems that a lot of our customers are having, um, we are going to be in a better place to increase revenue and increase sales. So I, I kind of look at my job as, as um, you know, managing both the sales side as well as the product feature set side. The awesome thing is I get to work with a great team. Um, our CEO, our founders are just amazing. Um, our chief technical officer, Giancarlo is amazing. And, and the other thing is, is you know, we've got a team of about 25, 26 engineers in Italy, as well as Bulgaria and absolutely amazing guys and gals to work with. It's, it's just a lot of fun. So getting to interface with the team, interface with our, our user development team and our UI team is, is fun as well. And yeah, this, it's a, it's an enjoyable company to work for right now. It's great. And, you know, it's, you probably know this, Richard, but I mean, 
based on our conversations, the world is going towards IoT and the, the world of service providers needs a tool like this. So it's kind of exciting to be at that and being able to talk to customers and say, hey, what are your needs? How can we, how can we improve the product to make it better? And then working with the team that it can actually go do that. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, two things I would say. First thing is, you know, I've alluded at the start of our conversation here that you and I recorded a video demo. So obviously we're doing a podcast here, audio, yeah. but for anybody who's not familiar with the product, you know, we'll include a link to that video demo in the show notes. It's a beautiful product. You know, it looks really lovely. It's easy to use. It's super simple to get in there and to do, you know, some highly complex things, but in a beautiful way. That's the first thing I would say, which led yeah. us to this conversation. The second thing is you've already built a great reputation. You know, it, it's clear, you know, that you care about the products and you're listening. You know, I'm a member of the online community, the Tech Tribe, and people rave about you within the, you know, the Tech Tribe and, and what you're uh, doing there. So for anybody listening to this who's, you know, not familiar, definitely go and take a look. But I want to jump in and make a, a you know, a, a clarification or a differentiator here because some people listening to this might be saying, well, this sounds a little bit like a remote monitoring and management product, an RMM product, of which there are loads on the market, but it's not yeah. quite that, is it? But it, it's not a replacement. Explain to me and listeners how you would differentiate between what Domots does and what an RMM product does. So, uh, I usually term use the term traditional. A, a traditional RMM tool, I think, does a really good job of managing PCs, laptops, servers, making sure patch management, making sure antivirus is um, up to date. Um, if you need to provision a, a system, you can do that easily through a traditional RMM. I think that works really well. Where we differentiate, and the thing I like to say is we're looking at the rest of the network, right? While those devices are on the network and you're using the network as a, call it a transport means to be able to control those end devices, what we're doing is we're monitoring the network itself and we're monitoring all the other devices that are not PCs, laptops, and, and servers. We're looking at security cameras. We're looking at building automation systems. We're looking at audio video distribution systems, digital signage. We're making sure that all those systems are online. Now, I will say this, as a service provider, you may not care about digital signage today, but I would tell you this, I mean, herein lies an opportunity for you. If you walk into a customer, a, a customer's business, place of business, and you see security cameras, you see digital signage, you see all of these um, electronics, there's a very good chance that they are network connected. And there's a very good chance that it's affecting your network in some way, shape or form. And it's probably more often than not, especially with video based devices, if it's not configured properly, it's bogging down your network. I mean, if you're broadcasting video, through security cameras or through digital signage on the same LAN or VLAN as all of your other PCs or servers, you're going to have major bottlenecks. So awareness to that is important to make sure that the stuff you've installed is working properly. But also, and this is where we talk about it being an opportunity, right? if you can tell your clients like, hey, I can actually monitor those to make sure they're working properly, there's a huge opportunity there for revenue growth. And that, that to me is where the real value shines here. 
Because there's a fine line, isn't there, between the challenges and opportunities for MSPs. So you and I were on a video call now, but obviously podcast listeners are listening into this. But I can see in the background there that you've got like a big TV and you've got um, video conferencing equipment and things like that. Now, for MSPs and, you know, being a former MSP myself, we, I would know that whilst that equipment is there on site, we wouldn't consider ourselves responsible for it. We'd say, oh yeah, that's the, the telco guys or, or whatever. But sure as anything, if that stuff goes wrong, that is the point where the client picks up the phone to you and says, the video conferencing is not working. What can yeah. you do about it? Yeah. And then yeah. you get into that situation, don't you, JB, where it goes backwards and forwards and the telco company says, well, it's a network problem. And you say, no, no, the network's fine. It, and it goes all around. So there's an opportunity there for the MSP to just sort of grab everything in one place, isn't there? Have I? Uh, yes. Yes, there is. And have, Richard, you and I, or are you familiar with this, uh, this thing called the recovery paradox? No, tell me more. So... <clears throat> I love the recovery paradox. And I talk about it in some of the demos that I do and when I do presentations, because you just brought up an exact point where you said, even if, even if I'm not managing the equipment, like this conference system behind me, but it goes down, I, as the network infrastructure guy is the one who gets that phone call, right? Well, so what the recovery paradox is, is it says over time, right? You're the loyalty generated by um, your customer towards you or your client towards you just naturally increases, right? As long as, as long as nothing's going wrong and everything's just, you know, as it should be loyalty generally increases because it says you're, you're doing your job, you're doing what's expected. And so they trust you for that. What's interesting though, is when something does go wrong on the network, right? Well, all of a sudden that loyalty drops, okay? Because there's a failure. All of a sudden that customer's put in a position where, hey, this thing that, that you said you do, it's not working, right? You promised me that this thing would be working and it's not. So, so there's a drop in loyalty. And what's interesting about this recovery paradox, it shows that if you react properly, okay, react efficiently, if you're able to work with the customer, explain what happened, talk about why it happened, and probably more importantly, put things in place that minimize the chances of it happening again. What you actually find with this recovery paradox is that the loyalty actually goes up higher than what it would have been if there wasn't a failure at all. Now, why is this important? And, and I'll use the example that you gave about that, that conferencing equipment that went down. I think what's interesting about that is even if it wasn't your problem, okay, if you were to come back to the customer and say, hey, we just noticed that this behavior happened. Here's what we think went wrong. And by the way, you know, we can monitor this and do these types of things for you so that when you, you know, go to use that equipment, you have a, a, a much higher chance of it working. It actually makes you look like a hero. Yeah. Right? You, you come back, you come back with more loyalty from that customer. And the next time that, you know, that S service level agreement, that SLA is ready to be renewed, that customer is going to think about those moments. And I love that recovery paradox because frankly, our tool, all right, Domotes is about that. It's about proactive monitoring and helping you understand what's going wrong in the network before you get the phone call from that customer, yeah. right? Saying that this stuff is down. So I, I just, 
you brought up, you brought up a passion that I have, and I really feel like that recovery paradox uh, helps people understand more about what our tool is about. Yeah, I love that. It makes absolute sense. So, I mean, from that perspective, as MSPs, when we walk into a client's site, which we're doing less of nowadays, admittedly, because of COVID-19, <laughs> when we do, you know, we see, you know, um, I, I look around client sites and I see things with Ethernet ports on, or I see uh, a flashing LED, which usually indicates that it's got a Wi-Fi connection or a blue light, which indicates it's a Bluetooth connection. As an MSP nowadays, I would walk into a client site and I would think, Ka-ching, ping, ping. These are all opportunities uh, for me. Yeah. So another one, if I can uh, sort of put you on the spot here a little bit, you talked about IP cameras. You know, um, it's been 10 years now since I sold my MSP business. Uh, but back uh, back then, we were seeing the emergence of IP cameras. And I thought, this is an opportunity for managed service providers. And back then, uh, JB, I wish there was a tool like Domots around, because back then, we just used to do a ping test. You know, we do a ping to it. Is it running? Yep, fine. You can go so much more now, though, can't you? Because, again, this is one of those situations where a little bit like a backup solution, you know, we don't ever look at IP cameras until something bad goes wrong, and then we want to make sure that it's absolutely working. So talk to me about these cool features that you've got around, you know, IP cameras. So so security cameras in in general, the thing that we can do is we can do exactly what you said, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, which... We can definitely ping these things and you know make sure that there's a, a heartbeat to them and that the, the network card itself is functioning within that device. But the nice thing about security cameras is um, 95% of them employ a, a standard called OnViv, mm. which is a standard protocol for communicating between uh, a security camera of one manufacturer with, say, a network video recorder of another manufacturer. We take advantage of that protocol and we can not only ping the camera, but we also can validate that the video stream coming off that camera is functioning, that there's actual video. Uh, We can query the web page that's used for management to make sure that the web page is actually still functioning. So not only are we you know, making sure that the camera's on the network, but we're making sure that it's functioning properly as well, yeah. which to your point, and, and you, you stated this, and I think this is exactly right. Nobody thinks about the security cameras until an issue occurs. And then they have to go back and look at the video to say, okay, well, this happened at 11 a.m. At this, on this date. People don't realize how often cameras go offline and the worst thing that can happen is you can have an incident at your house, at your office, you know, uh, an insurance issue, a slip and fall thing. And you want to go back and look at these cameras and all of a sudden the video is not there. That is the most frustrating thing that can happen. Um, it's like when you, it's like when you go to restore something from a hard drive and you found out that the backups weren't occurring, right? <laughs> so a uh, horrible feeling. You never want that. So we do some really cool things when it comes to pinging these network-based devices to make sure that not only are they online, but they're actually functioning properly as well. Yeah. Magnificent. And, and, you know, I get excited about the possibilities. And for any MSPs listening to this, you should be excited as well about the possibilities because anything that's got an IP address, 
is you know an opportunity for you but let's rewind a little bit so something that um uh, many listeners will be familiar with is snmp you know oh, and yeah. yeah so talk a little bit about you know the feature set from there because that's a a traditional uh, sort of monitoring set but you're doing some very cool things with that yeah simple network management protocol absolutely critical for any network infrastructure we leverage snmp to actually look at all of the, the the network infrastructure itself, certainly. So the managed switches, the, the firewalls, the um, access points. It, we leverage that to map the network, draw a topology map so you can actually visualize what the network looks like um, and the hierarchy, the hierarchy that's there for it. So we do all that with SNMP, but we also take it a step further. We realize that a lot of these network connected devices that are not necessarily infrastructure devices, but they, um, they're sitting on the network as IoT, they also use SNMP. You can look at CPU utilization, memory consumption. You can look at um, just the various features, temperature sensors, humidity uh, of those devices through SNMP. We've definitely enabled all the versions, right? V1 to V3 uh, within our system. But what I love about Domotes is when we discover a device that's on the network, we'll actually cross-check that device across thousands of MIBs in our database. And when you want to go search for something, let's say you do want to search for temperature on a device to see if it's available, you start to type the word temperature, it will parse through all of the MIBs and the OIDs that are available with that um, with that human readable term, right? Temperature in this case, and you can select which one you want. Um, and it's just, it's not, it's, it's easier than drag and drop. It's actually just, you know, select and then all of a sudden it's populated. We will then graph that over time. So we'll capture sensors uh, data on a regular basis, and then we'll show it in a graph. We'll show it in a list. If it's more of a string, we will, um, allow you to set alerts on those and fairly complex alerts too. You know, if, if this value is equal to this or less than that or more, whatever you can, you can set alerts based on that. So it's really, really a powerful engine when it comes to alerting. And Richard, it's all about that proactive monitoring, right? Giving you awareness of the things you care about um, in a nice, easy to use way. And, we talked about it at the beginning, but it's also, I'm looking at my phone, it's also a mobile, right? How do you, you can take it with you. Um, a lot of times I believe fundamentally you should probably leave work at the office, mm-hmm. um, regardless of if COVID's making you do work at home. But, but we all know as small business owners, you often are running that job 24 yeah. seven. So yeah. making it as easy as possible with a phone to even see very complex things like OID alerts, right? We can do that for you. Yeah. And to that point, you know, uh, SNMP has been around a long time. I would always position it as something that uh, monitoring or making use of that data that's available there as something that sat squarely in the enterprise space for enterprise tools that come with an enterprise price tag along with it as well. So, you know, when my background is in corporate IT, working for companies like Ernst & Young and the NHS and others, so I'm familiar with that. But those tools had a fairly whacking great ticket uh, price on them as well. Yeah. But this is something that's positioned, you know, the way you price the product and the way you distribute the product and license the product to people is definitely SMB uh, friendly. So without, you know, sort of giving too much away um, uh, about the pricing and everything, you do make it simple though. So tell me a bit more about that. 
we do make it simple. Um, I don't feel like I'm giving much away because it's all available on our website. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, essentially 19 per month per site. Um, it's a flat, it's a flat rate that's out there. The reason we did a flat rate, we didn't want to charge per sensor. We didn't want to charge per uh, device or per infrastructure device. That, that wasn't our model. What we felt was important. And, and when we talked to a lot of the service providers that are out there, they needed a simple way to scale. And to be able to monitor these types of systems, knowing, knowing um, what their costs are going to be going into it, regardless of how big or small the customer is, our hope was that we can allow them to scale. I, don't get me wrong, you know, 19 is not cheap, um, but it's also not the most expensive solution out there either. Um, we think it's very reasonably priced to help with uh, service provider scale and, and grow with them. And the nice thing is, is that you take a, a single Domo's agent into a network, it can look across multiple lands, it can look across subnets. Uh, there's a lot of power and scalability with it. You can make it as easy or as complex as you want to, to grow. We have some, just so you know, Richard, we do have, we have some uh, integrators that will put a Domo's agent in every conference room that they're monitoring. So, so they can have a lot of times in those situations, you'll have conference rooms on different VLANs and stuff, but they do it because it's just easy to deploy. They put in the conferencing equipment, they put a Domo's agent in there, they label it as, you know, conference room A, right, for this customer, and they're on their way, right? They can set up all the alerts, they can actually use a lot of our templating to, uh, quickly configure each one as they go, just with the click of a button. So all that is, is really nice and simple. If you do want to get to where you're monitoring across VPNs and doing subnet monitoring and all that stuff, you can do that. You can take advantage of the fact that it's only 19 a month. Uh, it's just, you know, is that what you want to spend your time doing? <laughs> so if you're doing that, you might as well go put in Zabbix or PRTG and spend all that time doing that type of stuff and setting up those servers. But yeah. Yeah, you know, Domos is meant to be easy to deploy, help you with your efficiency, and provide you with scalability, which we think we do. Yeah. So let's talk about that ease of deployment. So for somebody listening to this, they've only just become aware of Domots and it's like, okay, I want to put it on a site, one of my favorite client sites or whatever. What does the process look like from them signing up on the website through to their engineers or the technician actually deploying it at a site? <laughs> We spend a lot of time on this part, actually, which I, in some sense, I find kind of humorous. Obviously, we've, we've developed the right product to, to have the feature set to meet this market's needs. But we've spent a lot of time looking at ease of deployment as well. Um, from the beginning, you go to our website, you can sign up for a 21-day free trial just to test it out. The sign-up process itself is very simple. It's really about an email address. And it's about your uh, password. So you put in your email, you put in your password, you fill out some more information about, you know, are you a service provider or whatever. That's really just to make sure we're targeting the right messaging towards you. Um, once you have that filled out, though, you can, it takes you to the download an agent page. So you can download a Windows-based agent. You can run it on a Windows machine. You can download Linux-based agents. In fact, you even have the ability to go to Amazon and purchase a black box or through one of our partners. 
this black box fundamentally is running Ubuntu core on it. Um, it's an agent that's sitting on Ubuntu core. It's really nice for provisioning and stuff, but the whole point of me saying all of this is whether you want to put a windows agent out there, whether you want to put a Linux agent or a raspberry Pi or enable it on a NAS drive. I mean, we have so many agent options available. The point is, is you need one agent on that network that you then associate to your account. So you put your email and password in there. The Domo's agent at that point takes over. It starts to automatically discover all of the devices that are out there. It will look at all the network switches. If you um, have changed the SNMP credentials on those, um, you can enter those. Once you do that, it starts to map the network for you. At that point, we'll even go through, based on the, the, the default configuration, we'll start to tell you what's important devices or what's not. So routers, switches, firewalls, we're gonna flag those as important. And then we're not necessarily gonna start sending you emails. If those go offline, you have to configure that yourself, but we're going to tell you if one of those important devices goes offline inside the dashboard. So it's, it's amazingly simple and easy to deploy these things. Once you've done one, right? It's just a matter now of installing an agent on a new customer site, activating it, and then it takes over. And that's how easy it is to deploy. The only thing that you get to start doing um, is integrating the um, your account with the PSA tools that you use today, the ticketing systems. And that integration is super easy as well. And then you can say, okay, I really care about you know, these wireless access points and these managed switches, if they ever go offline, I want to generate a ticket automatically. Right? That, that frankly is the fun stuff that once you've got that set up, you're no longer, you no longer really need the Domotes dashboard. You're actually using the PSA tool that you have and Domotes is just running in the background, helping you be more efficient in that single pane of glass that you care about. Yeah, and I love the uh, the ease of deployment uh, with it because as a former MSP myself, I know you know I if I was listening to this, I would be excited by what you've told me. I would be excited about the opportunity, but then the alarm would go off in my head and go, "Wow, this is surely going to take a lot of time to yeah. uh, deploy." But it really is uh, uh, simple, isn't it? I, I want to talk about another opportunity there, and that is with uh, sites that perhaps the MSP doesn't own yet um, or a brand new client to them. Is, you know, is that a tool, is that a scenario that you could use the Demots tool to go in there and start mapping things out easily for you? We get, we get this question a lot and we get the question kind of quite a more around this agent, this notion of an agent. How do I leverage this agent to do this? Well, you walk into a, a, a new, a new potential client, let's call it. And you know, they're, you're vetting them and they're vetting you at the same time. You essentially, to better understand what's going on in this network, you really do need to scan the network. You need to understand it. You need to see how many devices are there, the types of devices. It's also the perfect opportunity to start looking for um, new revenue streams with that customer. Do they have security cameras? Do they have unified communications or video conferencing systems, voice over IP? Um, that is really where a Domo's agent becomes really powerful. So. You can take, the, let's use that little black box. You can take that little black box. You can take a Raspberry Pi if you want, but you basically place that agent on their network. 
let it do its thing, right? Activate it, or if it's already activated in your account, you can kind of clear the cache, so to speak, clear it out and let it restart scanning. And it'll come back to you with essentially inventory of what this network looks like. What are all the assets that are associated to this network? Um, what's the hierarchy look like? Does it look like a mess? Is it extremely flat or is there an actual structure to it? And the beauty of the beauty of Domo's, and, and I don't think people realize this, but our database is just huge. We come back with not only MAC addresses and IP addresses, but make, model, and type of devices. The reason that type becomes so important is because you can get a really quick assessment of, okay, I've got 30 security cameras. I've got a hundred laptops that I need to deal with. I've got, you know, six managed switches with eight wireless access points. That right there kind of tells you the size of the job. Yes. And you can kind of assess. It's like, okay, this customer only has, you know, they're on two floors of a building that possibly has, you know, 300 offices or something. Uh, you kind of can start to see where, walking into it, what you're dealing with. And, and you can better assess the, um, I guess I'm going to say the headache yeah. that this customer may or may not cause you. And, and it'll better position you as an integrator say, okay, here's what, here's what I see. Here's what I can do for you. And Oh, by the way, here's some of the extra add on things that probably make sense for you, right? Security cameras are important. I get it. We can monitor those, all that digital signage that you have here. That's important for your customer, your, your employees, even to understand what's going on in the company. We can make sure those are working properly. That's what therein lies the opportunity for you. Yeah. And the thing I'm most excited about is how this can be used as a differentiator. So I hear from so many MSPs and perhaps aspiring MSPs who are worried about when they go into a client site and they're going to sell an all-you-can-eat plan and they're not really sure of what they're taking on. They think they know, JB, because they look around and they see uh, workstations, they see a server, but they're not really sure. And all of those devices that they're not really aware of, they're thinking, could this come back and you know bite me? Uh, And so the idea that having that full visibility, the opportunities that it it shows and giving you a feel for the lift of the the client, how heavy you're going to have to to lift to support them, I think is really exciting. You know, know, Richard, I was just thinking about this too. We were talking about the COVID stuff and how that's changed things. We were talking about work from home. One of the things you're starting to see more and more in offices, in fact, I you want a backstory? A little backstory. I, my, my wife was in a, a car accident this last weekend, which was horrible. Fortunately, it wasn't her fault. She's doing okay. Uh, cars totaled. So we're having to go look at a car dealership. You walk into the car dealership. Lo and behold, there's this little health point check monitoring system. Right? It's looking at your temperature and making sure that you're okay. That's a network connected device. It wasn't there a year ago. It's there now because of the whole COVID thing. And I think you're going to see more and more of those types of things showing up in the office. Those are, those are going to be critical things, just like access control systems, just like security cameras, where it's a network connected device, it's capturing data and it's going to affect your, your network. Knowing those devices are there, knowing how they behave on the network is really important. And and there's an opportunity when you're scanning, when you walk into a customer job site, you start to see these things like there is another opportunity right there. So I just wanted to point that out. 
That's but, cool. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your wife. I hope she's, she's okay and everything. She's doing okay. Yeah. She's doing okay. You know, accidents, man. Nobody, nobody ever wants to be in a car accident. Um, nobody ever wants to deal with insurance. It's just a pain, but fortunately she's okay. Um, yeah, I, it's annoying. <laughs> it's more of an annoyance and it's a PETA. So it is, so to say. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to uh, to bring up something else, and that is the idea that managed service providers, you know, we've touched upon they take on a new client, and they're not really sure of what they're taking on. They take a gut feeling on it, and they hope that, you know, they, they don't get bitten by that. But for MSPs who have got existing clients, you know, especially during COVID, we're not spending as much time on site. But I know that I used to go to client sites, and I'd go, oh, I've not seen that access point there before, or when did that printer pop up? Or there's a workstation there that we're not charging for. Obviously, we don't get to have that visibility so much anymore. Or do we now? Because I'm guessing you've got the feature to be able to be alerted if a new device comes up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and again, you you talk about opportunities. So, So we're going to continuously monitor the network. Anything that changes on the network, we can alert you to. But very, very good point that you bring up is when all of a sudden a new device shows up on the network, especially the networks you're managing right, and monitoring specifically, you know, guest networks are one thing, but if there's a particular network that, you know, houses the AV equipment, for instance, and all of a sudden a new device shows up on that new opportunity for you. I mean, it may be something mundane and you don't care about, but it also could be something that's like, Hey, Mr. Customer, I just noticed you put a new server on here. Can we talk about what this is doing, not only for your security, but also for performance and all the other things that you pay me for? <laughs> so yes, um, I think with, with this type of, uh, let's call it enlightenment or visibility into the, the network, you see new opportunities, you see ways in which you can help your customer more. Yeah. I'm excited about the uh, potential here. I wish there was a tool like this around when I was running my MSP uh, back in the day because I can see the opportunity, uh, you know, not only for keep, from a technical perspective for keeping a, a, a look on the network, but from a business perspective, proving your value and delivering that value to people, you know, some of the things we talked about, you know, slow network connectivity and devices not working the way they should. And clients don't care whether the fault lies with the third party, with the device, with the network. They just want that thing to work. And that's the frustration that I remember as an MSP is like, okay, let's, how can we find out what's going on here and actually, you know, get yeah. the thing working for a client? So, yeah, we have a lot of people, a lot of people taking advantage of our, um, ISP performance monitoring too, mm. for that reason, you know, uh, it's probably more relevant in the residential space and because it, you know, at your house, it's like, Hey, my ISP, they sold me 300 megabits per second. I expect to get 300 megabits per second. Um, so they really care about that businesses. Usually you're dealing with ADSL. You're dealing with fairly fixed lines. Although I, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the United States, certainly a lot of uh, cable modem, uh, connectivity and, yeah. and what well, people probably, your audience realizes this, but cable modems are, are often a shared connection. And so during peak times, you have performance issues. The challenge is, is that the cable company is supposed to guarantee you still a certain minimum bit rate. Um, 
Domotes gets leveraged often for looking at the speed test and then it aggregates that data and it collects it. So you can go back to the ISP or the, the, the service provider can go back to the internet service provider and say, hey, look, you're not meeting your bandwidth, right? Here, here's what you sold us. This is a, you're not getting it. This is when it happens. And they can use that data. They do it, this, you, uh, um, an MSP can also take advantage of the performance monitoring we do within the network as well, looking at latency and seeing if, if all of a sudden you have a, a group of devices that went from an average latency of let's say 10 milliseconds and now they're at 50, right? something clearly happened. Something went on in the network. Some new device got added that is doing broadcast that is slowing down the performance. Those are the types of capabilities that Domotes has to be able to check that and make sure you're getting what you want. So we have a lot of people using us for those features. I love that. And, and an example, you know, way back in the day, we, so I, I fundamentally believe one of the fundamental tenets of managed services is about lowering cost, increasing um, uh, profitability. And one of the ways that we used to do that is we had clients who had pretty rubbish ISPs. And so they would be phoning us and saying, hey, the internet's not working. Yeah, we know you've got a rubbish ISP. But proving that to them was difficult. So again, way back in the day, we just used to do a continuous ping test and then yes. produce some statistics and say, did you know between four and five o'clock every day, you know, for 15 minutes on average, you're down? And they'd say, oh, that is a problem. Yeah, we can solve it for you. Why don't you use the ISP we recommend? And so we would make uh, referral revenue off that. We would also lower our cost of support because there'd be less issues. Sure. No, so this was something I was doing 15 years ago, and yet I see so few MSPs doing that. The scenario you've just mentioned, that's just a prime opportunity, isn't it? Oh, it is. It, it absolutely is. Um, you know, pinging other servers. You know, we were talking again about the work from home stuff too. Uh you know, being able to, you and I are using Zoom right now you know, to record this podcast and to record uh, the session. You know, pinging the Zoom servers, making sure that from the um, the point of view of whoever needs to get to Zoom, understanding that latency that's there, that's something that can be done. And and knowing how that behavior is changing uh, helps you optimize things. And it, you're right; it may be that you need a new ISP or a different ISP. It may be that you need to go um, DSL versus cable. Who knows, right, what the, what the solution is. That's really up to the service provider in the area that they're in. But giving you the data, giving you the data is what Domotes is about. So that way you can make informed decisions. And as I mentioned before, being proactive about it. I mean, we're continuously doing these tests. We can alert you when the performance goes out of spec. So that way you know about it before your customer, or your client does. That I, our goal is to make you look like a hero. And <laughs> I think we're I, I think we've got the tools in place to help with that. It's just a matter of, yeah, do you want the red pill or the blue pill? Uh, speaking of the matrix, right? Uh, we want everybody to to get in with us and jump into reality. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so excited about the future of this because, you know, we talked about RMM tools or traditional RMM tools. If I rewind sort of 15 years ago, uh, that would have been seen to be a nice to have. And of course, you can't imagine running an MSP without it. But I firmly uh, believe that, you know, Demarts, the tool that you're putting uh, out there, if we fast forward as little as 18 months, three years, this is going to be an essential tool for MSPs to differentiate themselves from others. Yeah. I really do feel that's going to be uh, the case, and I'm excited about that potential. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you as well. I, I, I think that this type of um, this type of network management, this non-traditional RMM, uh, yeah, we've called it many different things, but this is definitely going to morph into a tool that is just a must-have. It's a part of your ecosystem because this is one of those things. If you if you don't get on board with this, your competition is, and they're going to have a strategic advantage over you. Um, and so you have to be thinking about these types of change and, and what's going forward. You know, domotes may not be the end all be all tool for you. You, there may be other solutions based on your, your direction you're going, the, the strategy you have, but I can tell you that a tool like this is really important. In fact, Richard, I was just talking to, um, I was talking to a, um, service provider that's in the Salt Lake area where, where I am just yesterday and asking about the tools that he used. And he, and he was, he was mentioning a lot of the traditional RMMs and he was like pointing out how he's decided to go with, with Zabbix and to get a little bit more details into these devices and pinging things. And I'm like, that's interesting that he went, because he's a really small guy. He's a small shop. Uh, they maybe have like five employees and it's interesting that he would have one of his engineers or one of his IT guys spend so much time dealing with that infrastructure when there are more cost-effective and I guess I would say already built solutions that get you, let's say 95% of the way there for way less money. I mean, a tool like Domotes is just so much more efficient um, on that. So he and I are going to be having more conversations. <laughs> <laughs> as I suspect you will be with lots of uh, listeners to this podcast as well. So I'm very conscious of your time, very appreciative of your time. And I suspect as one geek, as one engineer to another, we could spend an entire show just talking about the technical applications of Domot. Yeah. But I uh, uh, perhaps that's an episode for, for the future. But for anybody listening to this, uh, tell us a little bit more about your coverage in terms of support, geography, uh, those type of things. So, you know, MSPs in different parts of the world, how would they work? So, so regardless of where you are in the world, um, you can use downloads. Okay? We, we um, you know, people often ask, you know, where's most of your business? And most of our business is in North America. Um, North America is roughly 60 to 70% of our business, but the rest is, is the rest of the world that incur, that, uh, that includes the European continent. It includes Asia. It includes Australia. Right? We have we have as a cloud-based service. We have Amazon Web Services managing us, and we've got major sites in North America as well as Europe. Uh, European one covers the rest of the world, but we also have tentacles in different parts throughout the world. We have thousands of customers. We're in over 160 countries right now, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, the number of countries is always changing, but, uh, <laughs> but the fact that we're, we're in over 160 in my mind is, is it blows me away, especially for being in business for only five years. Um, the support that you were asking about our support, we actually cover our support 24 seven. We've got guys in North America, we have guys in Europe. So we cover really all time zone, even when it comes to, uh, the, Asia Pacific region, we have people that can help us. The best way to get support is emailing support at domotes.com. You also can do our chat. 
But I, I will tell you the nice thing about um, emailing us is that we open a ticket immediately. We can follow up to it. You respond to it. We've got engineers that are are looking at that all the time. In fact, I as a I as a product manager also spend time looking at the types of tickets that come in. What are the questions and the problems that people are having, so that we can simplify it. Uh, Richard, you you pointed out earlier the the ease of deployment, the ease of mm. use. I, I would tell you this, the bulk of our um, <clears throat> tickets, our support tickets that come in are generally first-time users. And then they're usually asking questions about their account, right? How do, how do they do this? Or, or maybe they configured something in a bad way and they didn't know how to get it out so our guys would help them. But after those first set of, let's call it that small learning curve, which happens really quickly, um, we, we get very few support tickets from our, our customers. It, it's great because we see this very, um, I'm going to say a nonlinear relationship between the growth that we have in the number of customers and how often we're dealing with tickets because of the fact that once we, once somebody learns how to use us, it's easy. It's really yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next? What can we expect? We're heading, we've just come through a challenging 2020 and i'll <laughs> say that lightly <laughs> yeah, 2021 yeah. you know there's tons of opportunity there is ip devices just exploding in uh, popularity what is next for domot what can we expect to see on the roadmap for you you know our immediate our immediate near-term goal as as we have and you, you brought this up at the very very beginning which is how do we get into the service provider market and it was it was somewhat Fortuitous, although I would say it was always kind of a, a, a goal that we had to get there. The thing that you see us doing in our near-term roadmap is more and more integrations. The, the, I mentioned this earlier about a pane of glass. I don't believe that a service provider is going to be looking at the Domo's dashboard all day long. That's, that's not what it's there for. They're going to be using the tools, the traditional PSA tools and the ticketing systems. That's their pane of glass. That is their dashboard. What we need to do is a better job of integrating into those. So that way you deploy a Domo's agent, it automatically configures into the ticketing systems with the, with the devices you care about. Um, and, and from an inventory and asset management perspective, it integrates into those RMM tools, the documentation tools that are out there. Those are the systems that the service providers use. We're going to do a much better job of integrating with those over the next six to 12 months. Of course, we're looking at how we can take advantage of some of the newer network technologies. I mean, we're looking at IPv6. <clears throat> we're looking at um, how to deal with LLDP better and, and improve the topology map. How can we look at uh, broader VLANs and subnets in the, in the topology? One of the things we do really well <clears throat> as well is incorporating with power distribution units. So being able to power cycle devices remotely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the IoT space, when you're dealing with uh, embedded systems, a lot of times engineers or IT departments will just simply power cycle something to reboot it. Uh, we work really well to do that because it, it often does fix the problem. Maybe it doesn't solve the underlying issue of what caused it, but at least it gets a customer back up and running. We're going to start incorporating um, improved ways of visualizing that. Uh, speaking of visualization, another thing you're gonna see, a much better dashboard. 
while we think that our dashboard is really easy to use and simple, um, in talking more and more with service providers, and this is this is coming straight from me as I as I've been talking to these guys, I see ways in which that they visualize things that we weren't thinking about before. And so how can we improve that dashboard so that it eases their burden, right? Makes it easier for them to do their jobs. That, that's what we're about. It, I, it rolls back to the first two things I said, operational efficiency, how can we help you? And how can we help you be proactive with your clients? And, and ultimately I want you to be a hero at, at the lowest cost possible. <laughs> so that's what we're about. Fantastic. JB, if anybody wants to continue the conversation with you, you're an engineer. If anybody wants to pick your brains about any of the things we've talked about, I know you would love that. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So for me, um, you know, let me, let me give you the general and then let me give you my uh, personal email address. Sure, and we'll so, include all of these in the show notes as well. So. Good, 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 good. So support at domos.com. I'm actively watching that with our team of engineers. So if you ever mention my name, they'll, they'll flag that up to me. That's cool to hear. Um, sales at domotes.com. So if you have more business related question, we've got a team, a, a sales team that I again, work closely with because they're often asking me a lot about the features and capabilities. So that's another way, but I'll just tell you, if you want to talk to me personally, JB at domotes.com. It's as simple as that. So I'm happy to, to hear people, um, some of their needs or questions or product ideas, things that we can improve. Um, if we need to get on the phone with your team and do demos, you know, we can schedule that. We can get things uh, set up. By the way, we do live demos once every two weeks, Richard. Okay. I, those have actually been a lot of fun. Um, and, and we see it, it ebbs and flows as to the markets that are there. Sometimes we have all service providers. Sometimes we have residential guys. Somehow, sometimes we have video security guys that will be on our, uh, our, our demos that we do live. But the nice thing about it is people can ask questions and, you know, I'm there, I'm there doing that. I'm there listening to them and, and showing them what it's about. So it's fun. It is super cool what you're doing there. I am a big fan in a very short period of time. And I'll, I'll share with you, one of the goals of this podcast is, you know, to shine a light on uh, some of the most exciting, disruptive technology uh, coming into our space that gives managed service providers the opportunity to do more. And as you say, position themselves as the hero. So I absolutely love what you're doing there. And hey, look, it's my podcast, JB. I couldn't let you go without putting you on the spot here and saying, look, oh. I'm, a, I'm a geek. I'm looking around. I'm in the, you know, the studio garage here at home in Newcastle and I can see dozens of devices around here. Can I get myself sorted out with the Domops installation at home so I can start monitoring some of these things? Oh, absolutely. For you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we could probably do that. I think I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, people. All you have to do is set a podcast up with a hundred episodes or so, and then you can put chief product officers on the spot and ask them for installations at your home. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pretty certain if I, if I didn't say yes, that I'd probably be frowned upon by your audience. So I, I think I better do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, JB, look, you know, all, all joking aside, it has been an absolute thrill to talk to you. I appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, across there in Utah to speak with me. Uh, and I'm sure 
I am positive that this is going to be one of our more popular episodes. And I think it'd be interesting, you know, uh, for us to stay in touch and to speak in another 18 months, couple of years to do another episode, because I'm pretty sure that Domots is going to be a de facto tool for MSPs by that point. I think you're I'm right. Let's hope. Let's hope. In fact, let's, let's meet sooner than 18 months, okay? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> JB, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. It was good yeah. talking to you. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.